Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow, another week has gone by in the world. We are back. We have some people who we've just got to shout out. And we're going to start with those people. We didn't have any last week, but boy, am I glad to see some this week. You know I love them. I love to see them. I love to shout them out. They're champions for actors' rights. Woo woo! We love <laughs> these people championing the rights of actors. They we, we need the champions. Um, thank you so much for for all that you do. Tri Sanders, Alyssa, Ann, Peach, and Elaine O'Callaghan. Thank you all on behalf of actors everywhere. Doing such good work. Doing, Doing such, such good work. Such important work. Good work and you guys know what i love you know what i call myself is a vessel head mm-hmm. you say it all the time mm-hmm. i got some other vessel heads joining me uh this week uh first up we have kevin sets who upgraded from a champion for actors right so he did all the work he could do it, it, it he's already, yes he's working hard he's working hard and moving on up in he's moving the on world. up so thank you, Kevin. We've got Coral Peterson. We've got Emily Heston, a.k.a. Bilbo Heston, a.k.a. We share a Hulu account. <laughs> uh, we've got Andrea Schneider, Eric Klingman, and Colleen Dempsey. Uh, welcome to the vessel, guys. It's welcome a, to great, the boat. a great, great place to be on this hot summer day. <laughs> Next up, we have um, our favorite favorite human probably on the entire planet <laughs> i would say um yeah. no one better than tony fucking colette so oh baby ding 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 you have made it to the top goddamn tier <laughs> um we've got william henderson we've got nick spill we've got Lindsay l we've got nikki smith and we've got josh J. Ooh, oh, those are some baby. cool cool ass names i'm not gonna lie cool names they're hanging with Tony. We're <laughs> hanging with Tony. And as we've promised in the past, you will meet Tony. That's a guarantee that we provide. <laughs> you will be you. close personal friends with her. Close inner, inner personal circle. friends. Mm-hmm. Get ready for that holiday card coming to you from <laughs> Tony fucking Colette. Oh, but we love we love all of our patrons. You guys all rule. Um and if you listener want to become a patron, if any of those tiers sounded good to you, if you care about actors' rights, if you love boats, if you love Tony <laughs> Collette, go to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast and join up. And we'll give you a shout out some other week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some mm-hmm. other week we'll do it. And and it'll be every bit as satisfying as this moment was maybe more <laughs> who knows who's to say yeah this felt pretty satisfying to me this felt i'm really satisfied i'm be riding high on this all week long until the next <laughs> round of shout outs and on that mm. note here's a podcast enjoy this is emily henley and sammy 
and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi everyone, welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley. And I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. And also, just real quick, I want to apologize for my audio this week. (laughs) I'm in an (laughs) empty apartment and the echo is um, very intense. My furniture has not arrived yet. And so I apologize Mm. if I sound like I'm doing this from the bottom of a well. (laughs) (laughs) She's not. She's just doing it from New York. (laughs) Just the same thing. Told you New York was going to be bad. It's bad. But well, we'll take you in, in any way we can, Henley. Any way we can have you, we want, we want it. Oh, boy. And hey, guys, I'm Sammy. <laughs> and I like scary movies. And I like telling these two all about them. Every little detail. Yay. And we, lo- we love it. We, we, we formed a, fucking love a nice little symbiotic relationship between the three of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really did. Um, you guys, I read something actually interesting today. I only re- I very quickly skimmed it. So everyone's just Google on their own. But there's been a uh, scientific study released that people who like horror movies and watch horror movies are actually more adept at dealing with stressful situations. I feel like that's wrong. For me, at least, and I was really, sh- I was, I was kind of shocked by this. I, I, I would like, but it, but it gets to one of my central questions, which is, what, what makes a person like a scary movie? Like, what is it about a human being? Um, so this study seems to argue that they are more like attracted to feeling the feeling of fear. And so they will, um, put themselves into situations where they feel fear in like a safe way. And then that mm. actually makes them more comfortable with dealing with fearful situations in real life. Right. 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 Interesting. I, get, I mean, I get that. I just don't, I don't feel that way for me. Well, I was offended because right, I was sure, like, sure. I think I deal with stressful situations just fine. Thank you. I really freeze up. One time I was almost in a, um, I wasn't almost in a car accident. I saw like a shadow of another car that made me think the car was swerving into my car. And rather than react, I just froze and so quickly was like, my time to die. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just accepted my death rather than well, react. Here I go. I came to terms with it so quick. I was like, ah, oh, it's okay. But maybe that's the point. Because, hey, I mean, coming to terms with your own mortality is pretty important. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Although not if you could have done something to prevent it and you chose right. not to. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of in the way of like, if I were in a horror movie situation, I'd, I, I don't think I would fare well. Mm-hmm. Even though I know all of the the... the tricks the tricks of the trick yeah because that's how it would work in real life oh yeah they'd they'd follow the tropes they'd follow the tropes for sure they better they'd, where do you think they get the tropes <laughs> they'd, hit all the, they'd hit all the story beats <laughs> so how are you guys doing what i miss nothing life was on pause while you were gone um except yeah, for this that's one what thing i was expecting here for this one thing but you already know about it but yes update on the kitten is that where you're going sammy because mm-hmm. i yes. mean that's mm-hmm. all that's what we all that's what we all care about that's, that's what, what I the people want to know um i mean we got him we got him Woo! he's inside 
Um, I am astonished by the progress this little baby boy has made. He is a boy. He's probably about three, four months old. He, we got him fixed and vaccinated, brought him in um, to uh, like spare bedroom um, at Joel's place because we don't want the other cats. To, we want to keep them separate for a little bit. And he went from fully hiding in the bookshelf for the first full 24 hours that we had him inside to like sitting in our laps, pets all over in three days. And I could cry. I have cried. I'm very, Aww. very happy. He's so cute. He's so cute. He's so cute. And I just can't believe that he let us pet him. He was such a scared little thing. And he and also he's one of those cats that like, I mean, if he has a spot, we have not yet discovered. It. He has no spots where you can't pet him. You can pet his belly. You can like he does not care, which totally rules. It's one of my favorite things. I have never in my life met a cat who likes to be pet as much as as my cat Mabel. And he's given her a run for her money. And that's, that's the shit I love to see. So I'm pretty excited, fully madly in love with this little boy. And we do not have a plan yet for what uh, the deal is going to be because both both oh. Joel and I have other cats. And so we, we don't you know, it'll it'll sort of depend how this boy does with those cats. But the but the nice thing is that he can de- he will definitely be somebody's pet. He is very sweet, very cute. I really, really hope he's one of our pets, but I'm taking it taking it day by day. Sure. But it's a happy it's a happy story. Happy it's I, all good all I feel around. Happy. I feel happy. Emily Great. sent us a video uh, for the listeners. You guys should know. Emily sent us a video of, of them petting Bug, this little kitten. And first of all, the cat is like the size of your hand. He's so small. He's so little. <laughs> He's so small. But then when you pet him, you're like petting his head. And he just like straight legged, like didn't bend his knees, just pitched forward like his head into the ground and kept his legs straight out under his body, just like loving the pet so intensely. And it was such a gratifying video to watch. I have watched it like 17 times. It's so cute. Oh, he's perfect. Perfect. He's perfect. I love him. It's, I love him. I love him so much. Name TBD. Um, oh, not uh, Bug? We're, that was that's but that was his temporary name. It will not be his permanent name, but we're oh. waiting to fully land on a permanent name. You're like gonna like that. the permanent name, Henley. You're gonna like the permanent name. I'll share I'll share it with you later. We have it, we think we know what it is. But we're sort of waiting until we know his status before we get, you know, because once you give him a permanent name, it's like you're locked. You get in. too attached. Yeah. Um yeah. but we mm. think we you I, think you I, know it. I I know what I want his name to be, and I think that it's We can do a big reveal is, next week. We'll do a big reveal when we know what his, yeah, you listeners, you'll know, but um, I tend to move a lot faster and with a lot more fucking heat on everything in life than Joel. So I'm like, you know, we know his name and we know what's happening in it. And he's just like, I sort of see. So, um, but yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you off, off pod hen. I'll tell you, I'll tell you his name. Okay. What's up with you guys? I have a stupid thing, but it just really makes me laugh. Um... I started following a celebrity gossip account recently, and it's so silly. And of course, all celebrities, there's going to have good stories and bad stories. They're people. They have good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will say Jason Momoa, no bad stories. He's the only one that everyone seems to agree is like just wonderful. Oh, um, that's news it. to me. Uh, Jason Momoa. Who knew? Yeah, apparently Who knew? he's a, a real delight. 
But um, I had heard through a friend, a friend of a friend had had sex with Leonardo DiCaprio and I didn't know this person. I, and it was just kind of a, a second or third hand story. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt. But she said that he put headphones in while they were having sex. Oh, God. I think it's so awful. And he did not not participate in the sex. He just laid there. She was on top. And he made her just do all of the work. And I was like, that story's amazing. But, like, I don't know if I believe it. But on this celebrity gossip site, his nickname is Headphones. (gasps) And so... There, she has received like multiple stories of Leonardo DiCaprio wearing headphones, listening to music through like during sex with anybody. That's <laughs> I so, think it's so sad. Funny. That is so sad. It's so bad, but I just I love to know that piece of information, and I thought listeners, you might like to know it too. <laughs> you might like to know it too. You might like to know it too. Because that's all I can think about now when I think about Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that's a perfect story to encapsulate how like disconnected he is from humanity. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it really tracks. It's, yeah, it's like almost like it, almost if you wrote it for a, the movie character of Leonardo DiCaprio, it'd be like, this is maybe too on the nose. <laughs> right. um, nobody really would do that. Uh, it's a little too obvious, but no, it's it's what he does apparently. I I think it's perfect. I love it. Oof. Um, um, Henley, beat that. So <laughs> Anything new with you, Henley? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I honestly can't beat that. I went on an amazing road trip. I listened to the playlist that you guys added to. There's now like 15 hours of songs on Aww. it. So I feel so happy that you guys all added to it. And I really, it really like threw me back to some, um, to some great classic hits. Uh, but also reminded me of artists, artists, well, I just fun, I find it funny They're using artists, that word. Henley. I know, but it's funny to like, for me to call them artists just I, because I am not a music person and there's something about me saying artists that I just am already you feel like, like a, you feel like a fraud. I feel like a fraud. Um, mm-hmm. But things like um, Gorillas and Animal Collective and these like, yeah, these like albums I listened to so much in college that I just haven't listened to since. And that was really mm-hmm. fun to revisit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks for putting on like actually good songs and then some really bad songs. You guys have great taste. It's not trash. It's not trash. Some of it's trash, but not all of it. Um, <laughs> and... Then the only other thing I'll say is, oh, um, I hope everyone's been watching the Democratic National Convention. Um, It is filled with highs and lows. Um, (laughs) I would say that they're doing their best, (laughs) Um, (laughs) given the circumstances. (laughs) Um, And if you haven't some of the haven't seen some of it, uh, it's worth revisiting on YouTube. Like the roll call was really fun to see all the different states represented um that was really cute and then barack obama's speech was um incredibly frightening and i think made me especially worried about the state of our democracy so if anyone hasn't listened to that i highly suggest you do um basically the message is we should feel empowered within our democracy 
and we have the power to change things. The only way we're going to change things is if we vote. So everyone has to vote. Even if you are not excited about the Democratic ticket, um, it's just the step in the right direction. Um, yeah. We've uh, seen the alternative and there's we've got to do something. Yeah. And voting is like the fucking bare minimum you should be doing. Really. Exactly. It's the bare minimum. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's so really not easy. Hard. It's really not hard to do. And it it is so important. We have and we have we have plenty of time. And also, since we have so much time, there's so much more you can do. You can sign up to phone bank. You can sign up to be a poll worker. If you live in like North Carolina or Georgia or um, any of the states like Arizona that have um, some voter suppression issues, sign up to be a poll worker. Why not? If you're if you're able and you feel comfortable. Um Anywho, that's it. That's it for me. You can't do everything, but everyone can do something. And if the only something you can do is voot, is voot, <laughs> voot. Um, voot, vote, do all the things um, that you can do. It's very, very, very important. Um, and if you're stressed out, which, you know, mm-hmm. yes. Um, another thing that you can watch is Teenage Bounty Hunters in <gasps> your spare time. You can watch Teenage Bounty Hunters because it's fucking great and um i meant to address that in my check-in because i'm really really fucking pumped about how much i love that show um so everybody should watch that too and vote and vote and listen to this podcast (laughs) and And that's the list and vote and and that and that's vote and um and that's it (laughs) that's vote (laughs) oh god um, okay, well, I have a request that when we um, post this episode, um, that we post a little video of the kitty to counteract the really yes. disgusting, horrible, horrible imagery that we're going to go over. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. What's this week's movie? Yeah, let's we talk about this movie. We haven't even talked about it yet. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. So this week's movie is Hellraiser. Uh, came out in 1987. Uh, this is one that has been requested before. Um, it's nasty. <laughs> it is written and directed by Clive Barker based on his novella, The Hellbound Heart, um, starring Andrew Robinson, Sean Chapman, Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, and Doug Bradley. And I also want to give a shout out to the special makeup effects uh, supervisor Bob Keen, because he did a great job. This movie has some pretty memorable makeup. You guys know what Pinhead looks like, right? It's pretty, yes. pretty, yeah. a pretty memorable look. Terrifying. <laughs> a pretty memorable look. It's also streaming for free on Hulu and Amazon Prime. We wanted to do a free one since we did two kind of ex- expensive new releases in a row. Sorry, guys. This one's free. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, are you guys excited to hear about it? I'm, I'm like, I so guess. I was amped at first, <laughs> and then now that we're actually facing it, I'm not feeling as amped. I'm nervous. I think it's, it's more fun than I'm making it sound. I, it's a really weird movie to watch by yourself. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, it's like nasty and horny, right? Nasty and horny, and it's the closest comparison that we've covered is Event Horizon, I'd say. No! Whoa, that's the worst one. That's the worst one. Wait, Sammy, were you really scared watching it by yourself? No, no, no. I mean, it's very 80s. Um, 
No. I think that means that I'm going to be scared. I always have the opposite reaction to whatever you're feeling about the movie. And I'm pretty sure this means that I'm going to be really scared of this movie. Fair. I don't know that I'm going to be scared, but I do think I'm going to hate it. <laughs> That's sort of where I'm at with this. Is I'm, I'm like excited to hear it. And I also am fairly certain I'm going to hate it. So. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, Emily, you really hated Event Horizon. I, I remember that. It. it like sucked out my life force. Yeah. Afterwards, Emily was like, you guys need to go. Because I need to lie. I forgot about that. It's one of my lowest moments. Yeah, I can't even fully explain. I can't even explain why it affected me the way that it did, but it was a low it was a low point for me. So pretty excited to see if we get there again. (laughs) You're more prepared, Emily. You're more prepared. You've gone through under my belt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking try me, Hellraiser. Hi everybody, it is cocktail hour and this week we are drinking a rusty nail. Mm-mm. I was mad I didn't choose this drink for a quiet place, but luckily a rusty nail popped up again in a horror film, if you can believe it. To make this drink you'll need one and a half ounces of scotch whiskey and half an ounce of drambuie. You stir with ice in an old fashioned glass and garnish with a lemon zest twist. And that is it. Easy peasy cheersy. <laughs> so I have some trivia. So the the actor who plays Pinhead, by the way, his name, his credited name is not Pinhead. It's <laughs> Lead Cenobite. <laughs> he only became called Pinhead in the sequels. Uh, but the actor, Doug Bradley, said he was dismayed to find that he was completely ignored at the rap party because nobody recognized him (laughs) oh okay (laughs) did nobody see him on set as a like i guess without makeup on i imagine the makeup crew at least did (laughs) (laughs) nice to meet you i'm the star of this movie (laughs) well i worked with you for months he's actually not he wasn't supposed to be the star so there's a few of the the, they're called cenobites um we'll get into what that means more later but um they were he he, in the novella he is not a main one um but the prosthetics and makeup on the others were so uh, intense that a lot of them couldn't speak and so a lot of the lines were reassigned to him and so that he just, <laughs> and so he just got to become kind of the lead, and he gives a really good performance. And so he was very captivating, and I think audiences just responded most to him. And so then he, this movie has nine sequels. Holy shit! What? And it's currently being rebooted. Oh, oh my god! Um, and the director of the reboot. It, is David Bruckner, who directed a horror movie called The Ritual, which we get requested a lot on this as well. That is a more recent movie. All right. So, so I'm interested. Um, the budget was $1 million. This was a super, super low budget. The effects in the end all look like pretty shitty because they were like, mm. we were out of money. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it made about $15 million. It was originally set in England, and I was really happy to read this piece of trivia because i could not figure out where it was supposed to be set because it's there's parts where it's obviously filmed in london but they are talking about new york and like half of the people have have british accents and half don't and it's 
some people are dubbed and it's very bizarre and i was like where the fuck is this movie set like what is happening and i guess it was originally set in england and then they decided it would be have more commercial appeal if it was set in america and so they changed it and like dubbed over the one of the main actors entire performance with an american accent instead of a british accent what more and more, we're going to hear stories about like American exceptionalism happening in the past. And it's going to be like, whoa, weird. When America was like, yes, the only option culturally. Right, 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 right. I'm excited for that day. It's coming. It's, it's on coming its way. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the, the novella that it was based on is called The Hellbound Heart. Hellbound Heart. And the studio said that that sounded too much like a, a romantic film. So the alternate title that was originally pitched by Clive Barker was Sadomasochists from Beyond the Grave. Oh my <laughs> so God. He, he took the note. He took the note. <laughs> and they didn't like that. So they settled on Hellraiser. <laughs> Sadomasochists from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> Um, Imagine if that was what the name of the movie was. There would not be nine sequels if that were the name of the movie. Oh, I like it. Gives you a little taste of what's to come. Um, And that's all I got. So shall we watch the trailer? We shall. Let's do it. Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined. Unlike anything you have witnessed, is born. Because within these walls, the unholy is unleashed. Imagine just throwing that on by yourself on a Tuesday night. That was the only thing I thought about. I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about you watching this alone, Sammy. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. I will not be enjoying this. It's like I had fun. That's the thing is I actually I actually have fun in these kind of movies because they're a little silly and just ridiculous. Uh, But this is like definitely a kind of movie that would be fun to go to a midnight screening of with like a room full of people where we're all like getting drunk and having fun but it was just very bizarre to watch it by myself and be seeing the things i was seeing (laughs) (laughs) and have no one to talk about it well now you've got us now i now i do oh my god i can't i can't let's just do it let's just dive right in like ripping off the goddamn band-aid let's just fucking go it's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. 
Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we start off kind of on a close up on this little little mystical looking cube and we hear a voice saying what will it be Mr. Cotton and he says uh the box and a little deal is going on he's selling him this box looks like an artifact kind of thing and he says take it it's yours it's always been yours okay uh, and then we cut to presumably Mr. Cotton. His name is Frank. Sitting in, we saw it in the trailer. He's sitting cross-legged, surrounded by candles, kind of very sweaty, mm-hmm. playing with this box. <laughs> and <laughs> what is happening already? I'm like, what is this? It's disorienting for sure. Um, and so he's he's kind of moving this box around kind of like a little Rubik's cube and some sparks come out of it and something goes wrong and it attacks him. It seems hooks kind of come out of nowhere hooks on chains and kind of dig into his skin from like out of the box. It's not quite out of the box, but we don't really see where it's coming from somewhere outside of frame. There's kind of a strobing light happening and he's basically pulled apart by hooks from, oh! all, from all different directions. And eventually we see in this kind of other room that still has this kind of strobe light effect, all these hooks and all this kind of tortury looking devices. And we see his skin kind of torn apart, spread Ew. out throughout this room. 
and someone someone's hand is pulling pieces of his skin off, finds his eye and his nose, and is kind of rearranging him. Ew. Gross. I hate it. I already hate it. And then that hand gets the box and closes it back up. So basically, it's kind of like he had opened some sort of portal somewhere. You might say Pandora's box. Something like that. You might. Then we cut to a couple arriving at a house. Their names are Julia and Larry. And Julia is British. Larry is not. <laughs> that never happens. Ever. Get it straight. <laughs> um, and, you know, arriving at a house, mark your bingos, a new house. This mm-hmm. is not their house. Um, well, it's apparently half Larry's house and half his brother Frank's house from when they were kids. And Frank was living there, but they don't know where Frank is. So we're under, we're now getting the impression that Frank is who is in the opening scene. That mm. was his brother who was mm. ripped apart. And now they're going to be moving into this house. because mm. Now it's empty. But mm-hmm. Henley, you're not going to like this. This house is very nasty. There are maggots. There are rats. <gasps> it's filthy. It's really disgusting. Why are they moving in there? I mean, it has potential. Okay. It's a fixer-upper. It's a, fi- it's a fixer-upper. Once you get the rats and maggots out, it's really a lovely place to live. Oh, it's also filled with religious icons. Another Mark Your Bingo. Oh, Mark Your Bingo. Um, and uh, Larry gets a phone call from his daughter, Kirsty, and she has also just moved to whatever neighborhood they live in. It's not clear. <laughs> you know what they keep saying, though, Henley? Somewhere they just, in the world. They keep just saying, well, it beats Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Honestly, I think they're going to find out that it doesn't beat Brooklyn. <laughs> I think they might. I, I bet it sounds like it. I'd rather be in Brooklyn yeah. than this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it seems that Kirstie has moved here as well. She's got her own little apartment. She's like, oh, I'm nearby. Like, I'll come stop by later. And he's like, we just move in here. Like, there's lots of room. She's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to, like, step on your guys' toes. We understand that this is not her mother. This is her stepmother. So it's her fa- Her father's Larry. Julia is her stepmother. And her mother is dead. We come to f- learn later. Julia is upstairs in what I believe is the room that Frank was doing the ritual thing in the opening in. Mm. It's just a room with no furniture in it except for one chair and a little sleeping bag in the corner. That's, again, nasty. Filled with, I think, maggots again somehow. I don't know why there would be maggots in a sleeping bag, but there are. Um, And rats everywhere. And she finds a little box of photographs of Frank with a, a a bunch of different women sexual photographs of of him like having <gasps> sex with women or kissing women a lot of naked photos of him with various women ooh so frank frank was pretty horny frank's a little <laughs> freak <laughs> how old is frank i just need a visual i i would say 40 okay maybe late 30s I th- I'd say that Julia and Larry he's a younger are, brother. I think he's a younger brother, and I think Julia and Larry are in their like forties or fi- late forties or fifties. Maybe Frank is in his forties too, but he's hotter than Larry. <laughs> important knowledge, thank you. It is important. 
And so, yeah, so they decide they're moving in. We get a scene with the movers and Larry are trying to move a big mattress upstairs, like that scene in Friends, you know, pivot. Pivot! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Larry is at the top, moving backwards, and um, we're, we're intercutting between this and Julia having a memory. We see she's like looking off into the distance and she has a memory of opening the door and seeing Frank for the very first time. He's like <gasps> glowing and hot. Oh, and she loves it's, him. It's, she loves him. It's raining. And he's like, I'm Frank again. All of his dialogue is dubbed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. it's very bizarre. Uh, he shows up and just immediately seduces her. She's like, Larry's not here right now. And he's like, well, but I don't care. And <laughs> so quickly they just go upstairs and have sex. Like almost That's how it Im- works. Almost immediately. And they have sex on top of her wedding dress. No. <laughs> so they have just gotten oh married. Oh my God. Her no. and the brother. Um, and then there's some really amazing intercutting between um, Frank thrusting into Julia and Larry thrusting, trying to get the mattress up the stairs. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> back and forth. And we get it from an angle where we can see that uh, Larry is, his hand is kind of squeezed between the mattress and the wall. And there's a hanging nail coming out of the wall. And we see no! that he's about to slice his hand open. And eventually he does. And it's so much blood, really wild amount of blood comes out of his hand and he like runs and he's like julia (laughs) runs into julia who snaps out of her flashback to her having sex with his brother (laughs) and he's upstairs in that in the that the room with just the one chair in the sleeping bag and his, his again hand is pouring blood on the floor and he can't look at it. He's sick. He Blood makes him sick. He's like, I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. Julia, is it bad? Is it bad? <laughs> and it's bad. And she says, okay, we need to go to the emergency room. Kind of wraps a towel around it or something. They go. The camera stays on this puddle of blood on the floor. Oh, no. And we see that it almost looks like the floor drinks it. Yeah, loves it. It all just disappears. <sighs> so then we cut to a uh later that night i suppose they're back he's gotten some stitches his hand is bandaged up they're having a dinner party in their new home some friends over wow on the day they moved with the maggots and the rats <laughs> it seems like they should have done a little bit more cleaning first the mm-hmm. house really never gets less disgusting it seems okay. very cool um they don't okay. seem to, to have a problem with it um, That's the horror movie right there. Truly. <laughs> we don't need anything else. Kirstie and her boyfriend are there. Kirstie's getting pretty drunk. Julia is obviously, you know, having some some heated memories. She excuses herself. You'll have to excuse me. I'm too horny. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts walking up to their bedroom, but then she hears a noise um from oh wait sorry excuse me in between these two scenes i i missed a very important part um so after they've left for the hospital we we go back into this i'm just going to call it an attic i don't think it's an attic but it's just an empty room at the top of the house okay 
and um, after the floor has drank the blood, <laughs> bones pop out of the floorboards. You skipped that part. <laughs> I skipped this part. <laughs> it's important. Um, <laughs> bones pop out of the floorboards, and a skull, and kind of all these different body parts which slowly start coming together. They're nasty. It's all tendony and bloody. And it's kind of forming into into a what <gasps> looks like a human skeleton, but it's not quite. I mean, it's pretty nasty and deformed and doesn't have skin. <laughs> it's just basically bones and some muscle and a lot of blood. The rats are all looking very scared. There's lots of rats in this room, and they're pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> cute little rats cute little rats Aww. are they they real rats I mean there's no way they used um 10,000 what was what was that was it 10,000 oh, cockroaches 10,000 yeah. that was snakes 10,000 snakes That's yeah no the craft has this movie beat in a amount of vermin critters real real critter use yeah um so then we have the dinner party and Julia excuses herself, and as she's walking up to her room, she hears a noise from the attic room, goes into the room, and sees this horrible monster-looking muscle skeleton thing, and it's like, Julia, it's me, Frank. <laughs> oh, it's Frank! Um, and I think she has another little flashback of their of their courtship days and she remembers this time where she like rubs his fingers on her lips and says like I would do anything for you anything and they like go back and forth like anything anything poor Larry yeah no she's she's not she does not win any wife awards in this film we <laughs> the coveted wife awards Damn. <laughs> Someone's got to get it. <laughs> if there's just no good role model wife in this movie, who am I supposed to look up to? I know. We just, we're always looking for like good wives in horror movies. Oh my and God. Something to aspire to. <sighs> there's not enough. Um, and so then we cut to Kirstie walking home with her boyfriend and we just see a glimpse of... A homeless man watching her from an alleyway, kind of ominously. We don't know who he is. Um, then that night, Kirstie has a nightmare, a very scary nightmare of like one thing that was gross. And yeah, I'll have to say this because Henley, you're not going to like it. Um, in the nightmare, she looks wet. And there's feathers flying everywhere around her. So she's just getting like gross little like chicken feathers on her. Ew. And it looks really gross. And she sees kind of a body below a sheet that the, the white sheet slowly turns red, like with blood. We don't really know what any of this means. And to be honest, I still don't know what it means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but she gets a really bad feeling that something is going to happen to her dad. So she calls her dad in the middle of the night when she wakes up from this nightmare and he answers and he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, okay, I just got a bad feeling. Like, I'm glad you're okay. That would scare the shit out of me. If somebody called me in the middle of the night and was like, I think that something bad is going to happen to you. Oh my God. Like, are you fucking, I can't imagine being like, I'm fine and I'll always be fine. I know 
it. Thank you for your call. Good night. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I, that's I'm a great point. The fuck out. That's a great point. Nobody ever do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you think I'm going to die, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. I think this is a thing when you have children too, like also the idea that little kids like get scared at the drop of a hat and would be like, mom, there's something in my room or like I saw something or there's like a man outside and they're probably imagining it. But how as a parent do you keep it together? I, my mom has a lot of stories like that. Cause she's a single mom. So she's like, there were so many times that I was so fucking scared because you'd come in and be like, there's somebody under my bed. <laughs> She God. has to go check. This is why kids are bad. <laughs> kids yeah. are bad. Kids are bad. Um, and she's an adult, a grown child, and she's still bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They never get better. They never get better. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, Frank has been trying to convince Julia to bring people back for him to kind of feed on. He's kind of come to the conclusion that the reason Ooh. he's back is that he drank Larry's blood that was spilled on the ground. And he's that- like Voldemort. Exactly. And he just needs more blood. And each, each drop of blood, a little bit more flesh will appear on his body. And so in the morning, she's kind of slept on it and she wakes up and she says, all right. I'll do it. She's in she's in love. She's in love. She and remember him. she the said heart wants what it wants. She said she would do anything for him. Mm-hmm. So she heads out to a bar in the daytime and sits next to a, a single guy. They go back to go back to her place. Larry's at work or whatever. And she takes him upstairs to this again, disgusting room. It's filthy. It's nasty. There's no bed in it. It's just a chair. And she locks the door behind him, and as he's starting to get naked, she grabs a hidden hammer and bashes him in the head. And Holy shit! Then he turns around and is like, "No, what? No!" <laughs> and she, <laughs> what? No! <laughs> what? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> what, man? I did not see this coming. <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> so surprised <laughs> oh my god and then she hits him again in the face and um wow she got real bad real quick yeah yeah that is a crazy first weapon of choice yeah she's like she's like i'm okay with all of this like this is all right okay with me i'm gonna do everything yeah so she bashes him in the face with a hammer and it shows his like teeth kind of dangling out of his mouth and his lip all fucked up and his 80s effects it like doesn't look great but i did have a teeth dream that night it's it snuck right into my subconscious to be fair you have a lot of teeth i have a lot of teeth dreams it's my most common one Mm -hmm. yeah so she hits him a few times he gets knocked unconscious she's covered in blood and she she's free really freaked to be fair she doesn't look like happy about it she's shaking she's super super freaked out she as she's backing out of the room we see frank's little bot he can't walk he's kind of crawling towards the now unconscious guy and we just see him kind of get on top of him like he's gonna drain him i guess is what he does Um, So after she has washed up, Julia goes back into the attic and Frank is 
standing upright now. More of his muscles have come back. He's still, he looks like something out of Body Worlds. He still has no skin. <laughs> okay, great. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but he's getting hotter. <laughs> you can see that he has the shape in the shape of a man. Oh, okay. Progress. That's a step in the right direction. <laughs> he like is coming towards her too. Like he's like, I'm hot now. So <laughs> he's like trying to touch her and he's dripping blood and goo. He says, you know, that was really good. I just need, I think, one or two more. Like, look how much better I am. I think after one or two more, I'll be back to normal. And he's not questioning why this is so or how it will continue. Feels like he's he a demon. He thinks he'll be set. Feels like this isn't Frank. Feels like it's a demon. Could be a demon. Mm, we'll, we'll find we'll out. Find out. We'll no, find okay, out. Okay, maybe it's just Frank. Maybe Frank's just a real fucking asshole. Well, they don't get to have get to have um too long of a conversation because then Larry comes home and there's a skinless man and a corpse in the house and so Larry's like coming up the stairs and <laughs> Julia scoops up the dead guy and carries him into another room and just like drops him off in there because he's cuz Larry's going to come into this room the nicest room in the house no question well no, he's not going to go in there either. And he conveniently doesn't go in either of the rooms in which there are bodies. But I, she That's doesn't convenient. seem stressed up, stressed out enough about how many rooms now have bodies in them. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to keep it as two. few rooms as... Yeah, we, up, we upped it. We increased the problem. Yeah, just keep him, keep him in that room with the other thing that Larry absolutely cannot see. <laughs> and the maggot sleeping bag. Like, that room yeah. is... That's the bad room. Let's just keep that the bad room. Let's keep the number of bad rooms down to, down to one seems smart but she doesn't she lifts this little corpse up like a little baby tosses it into another room closes the door larry's back she's like hi honey nothing nothing weird here um and then she goes back into the room with frank and he's like you know one or two more and we can be away from here before the cenobites come for me those are the demons then we get a jump scared jump cut to a close-up of a monkey screeching into camera in like from a cage and it's the pet store that Kirsty works at and Kirsty's looking really overwhelmed some customers yelling at her like I want to speak to the manager and she's phones are ringing it's chaotic in there and she sees the homeless guy that she saw watching her in the alley and he's kind of hunched over a tank looking weird. And she approaches him. She's like, sir, what are you doing? And he turns around and he's leaned over the cricket aquarium, whatever. And he has a handful of crickets and he's just shoveling them into his mouth. Ew. 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 He has a big beard and the crickets are hanging in his beard. Ew. Jesus Christ. It's so gross. Um, and there's no way that they're not real crickets. I mean, they absolutely have to be. Um, and so she screams and that's the whole scene. (laughs) Um, and then we come back to Julia, who's now on the hunt for victim number two. She finds another man at a bar, brings him home, smacks him on the head with a hammer. And we, she's looking a little more comfortable with it this time. Okay, okay. Sure, you know, once you've done it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gets easier from there. Oh, yeah. So now Frank has 
he doesn't look that much better than the last time. It's, I guess, <laughs> a little bit better, but he still doesn't really have any skin. But he he throws on a nice white button down shirt over his blood, <laughs> his bloody <Freak>. body, <laughs> and so this shirt is just like getting blood soaked from the inside. It's very ew, <laughs> ew. Oh, I he, hate and it. And he like sm- he's smoking a cigarette now. He's feeling good. Um, Frank sucks. Frank sucks. Then then he starts giving Julia a little bit of backstory. It's taken a while to get here. I feel like not enough questions have been asked up until this point. It's not like she's just doing it. For, she's just, she's, she's like, just doing it. And it's not like no questions asked. It's not like, why are you a pile of flesh and bones? <laughs> How did this happen? But so he's now telling her and he, he brings out the, the box that we saw in the beginning, the cube thing. And he says that this opens doors to the pleasures of heaven or hell i didn't care which um and he said the cenobites gave me an experience beyond limits pain and pleasure indivisible and we're now getting our first look at the cenobites because it's kind of his flashback but it's kind of like she's seeing it too somehow um and we get a look at them let me describe them to you (laughs) Um, so the first one we see, his name is Butterball, the butter, okay. Butterball Cenobite, and okay. he kind of looks like a Jabba the Hutt type thing, but he's wearing like a Matrix outfit. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's in like black leather and he has some cool sunglasses on, but he has no like form. He's just kind of a blob. Um, and he has a big gash in his chest then we have just credited as female cenobite (laughs) no nickname actually you know i read in the trivia her nickname at one point was deep throat so maybe worse than female cenobite is (laughs) yeah the way to go worse than female (laughs) cenobite um she's bald with kind of needles and metal through her cheeks and she has a big gash in her throat looks very vaginal we're getting a lot of this you know pleasure and pain visual imagery imagery Mm -hmm. yeah then we have the chattering cenobite which i'd say is probably my least favorite and he's his his eyes are like sewed shut and his gums are he doesn't have lips it's just like metal around his um mouth exposing just his teeth and he just goes Ew, oh ew, my fucking ew. god! Um, and then we have Pinhead, who is just credited as lead Cenobite, as we said earlier. And you guys know what he looks like, but for for anyone who doesn't, he just has nails coming out of every part of his head. It's kind of like his head is sliced vertically and horizontally and where all of the slices intersect a nail is sticking out of and he also has slices down his checks more on his nipples <laughs> hell yeah fucking christ um and in this flashback we're seeing what they're doing to frank this pleasure and pain um indivisible moment that he's referencing where he is hung by chains and being like flung around and spiraled. Blood is like flying off of him. And he's like moaning in, I guess, what is pleasure and pain. 
looks just bad. Looks just yeah. Where's the pleasure part I don't, of this? I don't know. We don't really see the pleasure part. I don't know if it's just like pain is pleasure. Yeah, if they're just training their brain Sadists. to see any of it as as good. I don't know, but it looks bad. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> And yeah, so Julia, we get the sense that she kind of has seen this vision and she looks pretty freaked out. Then we cut to her and Larry watching boxing and she's watching it kind of intently. And Larry makes a comment like, you like boxing now? You usually hate this stuff. It's too violent for you. And she's like, I don't mind it. She's like Frank, like sadomasochism now. So I like sadomasochism. Yes, exactly. I didn't used to like boxing until I murdered two people with a hammer, and now it's fine. <laughs> now I'm studying the form. Um, and then they hear a noise from upstairs, but there is the thunderstorm happening. Uh, but Larry kind of pops up, like, "What was that?" And of course, Julia's trying to get him to not go explore the noises upstairs. And so she's like, it's thunder, it's fine. And then she like starts crying and he's like, what's happening? And she's like, this thunder is just so scary. And she freaks out and he's like, well, I got to go see what's up there. Like, there's definitely a noise like in the house. And she's like, no, no, no. And then she like throws herself at him like she's so horny all of a sudden. She's like, no, sex, let's have sex. <laughs> really coming at him with a lot of different things, just desperately trying to get him to no not go into that room. But as we all know, guys can't turn down sex so that one works <laughs> and they go into the bedroom <laughs> it's a guarantee they go mm -hmm. into the bedroom and they start um hooking up and frank comes out of the closet silently kind of behind and stands over them and she's kind of <gasps> looking at frank and trying to seem like she's trying ah! to have sex with her husband and like telling frank like no 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 like go away <laughs> no it's not the moment no it's not the time <laughs> but we know that frank wants blood and so he's got a knife in his hand and she's saying like no 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 and then we see Ugh. frank is holding a rat in his hand and he slices it in half for seemingly no no reason at all just for her just to show her that i don't know and she's screaming, no, 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 please, no, please, no. Which, of course, her husband is then like, oh, what's happening? Am I raping my wife all of a sudden? I thought we were having sex. So he th like pulls himself off. He's like, what's ha what's going on? Like, what's going on with you? You're giving me so many mixed signals. Frank slips back into the closet. Jeez, he decides, OK, I'll let him live. This is his brother, by the way. He seems not to care. I mean, he's not really human anymore, I guess. So who knows? But. He's going to go snack on that rat. It's just like, num, num, num. A yummy, yummy little rat snack. <laughs> A yummy little rat snack. Um, so uh. Larry, it, Larry doesn't know what's going on with his wife. So he calls his daughter. They go meet for dinner at a Chinese restaurant. He's like, I don't know what's going on with her. Um, will you hang out with her? Maybe she needs a friend. So she says she agrees. She says, OK, yeah, I'll go. I'll go talk to her. I'll see if she needs a friend or something. Um, and then we cut to the house. Julia is bringing home victim number three and Kirstie approaches mm. right at that moment. And so she sees her kind of uh -oh. all over this guy bringing him into the house while her dad is at work. Mm. Follows suspiciously. And then hears 
some screaming coming from inside. Oh, God. She's like, this is not what I would expect. <laughs> <laughs> and so so she she goes in and Julia hears her coming in and in a very bad decision, in my opinion, doesn't like run down to to, you know, try to explain and usher her out of the house, but rather, again, just leaves that room and goes into another room and closes the door and just like hides. So Kirsty goes upstairs to see, you know, where the noise was coming from, which is obviously the bad room. The door flings open and victim number three kind of comes out going, help me. And he's half drained. His skin is drooping off of his face. He looks very scary. And Frank grabs him, pulls him back in. She sees Frank. And again, he says, Kirsty, it's Uncle Frank. <laughs> and she's screaming like, no, this is not happening. He grabs her because he, uh, he doesn't want to let her leave. He grabs her. Um, and he's so creepy. He says, you've gotten so beautiful. You've grown up so much. I bet your daddy is so proud of you. Ew. Fuck Frank, man. Yeah, Frank sucks. Frank sucks. Um, And yes, he keeps saying, come to daddy, come to daddy. And Ew, what? (laughs) She's screaming, trying to get away. She eventually, like, I think puts her hand in his flesh. He doesn't have skin yet, so he's just, he's just like one big open wound. So she just, like, jabs her fingers into him, and he keels over in pain. She's able to get away, but he kind of gets her... He, I, I think he, he eventually corners her into the, ro- the bad room, and she grabs the cube thing that she finds on the floor to go to use it as a weapon and she hurls it over her head or holds it over her head and he he like his demeanor changes and he says stop no like don't do that and she realizes that this little cube means something to him and she's like oh what like you want this you you want like realizes maybe now she has the upper hand and she throws it out of a window and as he kind of lurches to go get it, she runs the other way, runs downstairs, runs outside and finds it and goes and grabs it and then runs off with it. So she's now made it into the street. I don't think he's really keen to leave the house because he looks like a, a monster. But as she's running, she's, I guess, having some somewhat of a panic attack. Things bad things just happened and she loses consciousness and wakes up in a hospital but it's maybe a mental hospital it's unclear no these people are not acting like regular nurses or doctors oh no they come in and she says like i need to call my dad i need to call my dad and they're like we'll call your dad first tell us what this is and they pull out the box and put it on her table which is like you wouldn't do that at a hospital the reason i say this is because it never becomes anything weird like i think we are meant to believe that it is a hospital it never comes back into play they just don't behave like doctors or nurses it's bizarre okay Mm. (laughs) so they leave the box with her and they lock her in the room not normal medical practice and i don't think Mm -mm. 
Mm-mm. Anyways, she, so she has the box. She's kind of playing with it. It kind of emits these little sparks. The effects are very silly. It's just like little lights, light sparks. And she's kind of moving it around like a Rubik's Cube, twisting it so and so ways. And as she kind of moves something into place, the walls of the hospital room open to this long hallway. She decides to stroll right in, just go exploring. Not what I would do personally, but she does. And as she gets to the end of this long, long hallway, this really nasty creature pops out. I have really spent the past two days trying to figure out how to describe (laughs) this creature. It kind of looks like alien. It kind of looks like a wasp. It's like as if alien were upside down and inside out. (laughs) <laughs> what oh god alien already looks like it's inside out yeah <laughs> how do you do the inside out of an inside out thing <laughs> then it's just right side out just fleshier <laughs> so normal <laughs> <laughs> its head is at the bottom it has like a stinger at the top it has Ugh. long sharp teeth and it chases her out she's running she's screaming she makes it out just in time and she presses some little more buttons on the box and the portal closes and she says a big old fe- Dang, good big, luck. Big old phew. Phew. Um, but so she is back in the hospital room now and then we start seeing more of the strobe strobe light effect and the four Cenobites that we met earlier appear. And as one of them, ch- the chattering Cenobite, um, approaches her, she's screaming, and in her open mouth, it just sticks two fingers like it's fingering her mouth. <gasps> Ew! Ah! Fucking no! And no. I think that was the most upsetting part of the movie for me. <laughs> I really did not like that. Oh, I hate it, and I it hate just, it, I hate it. It just holds its fingers in her mouth for the whole duration of no, the scene. No, 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 no. We need to move on from this. <laughs> this is not okay. We need to move on. We need to move on. <laughs> so Pinhead arrives. She says, who are you? He says, we're explorers in the further regions of experience. Um, and they're basically like, you open the box, you open the portal, you called us here. We're de- Oh, the other thing he says is we're demons to some, angels to others. Pleasure and pain, baby. You nah. Know. <laughs> no. Seems no. like just pain and bad. You're nasty. You're nasty. And they're they're basically like, you summoned us. That means we're taking you. And she says, wait, I know someone that got away from you, right? You know a man named Frank Cotton, and he escaped <gasps> you. She's like, I can lead you to him. Do a little, a little trade situation. <laughs> oh, man. She's ready to throw him under the bus. Yeah, who wouldn't be? Yeah, fuck Frank, man. Frank sucks. I mean, I'm sure, like... He's ready to throw her under the bus. So. Yeah. It's not a healthy relationship. Um, so they're like, well, you know, what makes you think we don't want both of you? She's like, it's my only leverage. <laughs> so we're going to try this Frank plan. Fuck, damn. <laughs> I didn't know you would. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Didn't think that through. So we go. We cut back to the house. Uh, Larry is coming home from work. Julia opens the door. And looks really happy to see him. Oh, meanwhile, also, Frank has really been whispering in her ear, like, why can't we kill Larry? Like, I need more blood. You don't love Larry. Larry's just going to be a problem for us. Like, why don't we just kill him? And she's 
God, he sucks. Till this point, been not into that idea. But if you're going to do this plan, it does make sense. I'll give Frank that. <laughs> I'll give Frank that. Larry would well. be a problem. Uh, he sucks. But so does Julia. And at this point, what are we what are we trying to do? Yeah. Here? Yeah. What's the plan? What's the big plan? Um. So Larry comes home and we see Julia looking a little too excited to see him. And we're getting the feeling that this is the moment that he's going to be killed. And then we cut to a man's hand touching Julia's face that's like covered in blood and Julia looking very horny and excited. <laughs> what? So we think that this was the last blood that he needed and now he has skin again, Frank. And so he's oh. like, he's, he's normal looking. They have sex for the first time. And so then Kirstie runs home or runs to the dad's house. She needs to check on or offer up Frank, I guess. So she's just running over there. She's knocking on the door. Julia answers the door. She says, I need to see my dad. And we see that the other person there is her dad. So when Frank assumed a, a new form, he became Larry. <gasps> Larry. Oh, How do you wow. think Julia feels about that? Julia seems into it. She was looking excited. Yeah, I mean, it's better than him not having a skin. But I mean, it, it's also like, well, oh, this is the person I cheated on. This is the person right, I don't I, love. I wanted to be I wanted to be you. And now you look like like what a mind fuck. I think it would be weird anyway. And it's the man they just killed together. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's pretty weird on a lot of levels. It's weird. On it's weird. On, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not good. Um, and he doesn't okay. look okay. normal. And uh, this actor, I believe, it, Sean Chapman is his name. I think he does a really good performance because up to this point, he's been a pretty like doofusy husband. And he does a good turn to like evil. And that's always fun when you get to play kind of two that two roles fun. in one. Um, but he looks nasty. His hairline is all bloody. His ears are still kind of not quite skin. They're kind of blobby and drippy <laughs> blobby and drippy <laughs> um but but uh kirstie doesn't notice she's too ex too too like relieved to see him she's like dad 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 i was here earlier i saw frank i don't know what's happening but he's evil and larry who is now frank kind of is like stroking her face like it's okay baby like i took care of frank he's gone he was he needed to be put down we killed him. What? And she's, yeah, same. She's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, I need to see him. Like, show me. So they take her upstairs and we see a kind of a mangled corpse that's basically just bones um, and blood. Larry and Julia go downstairs. Frank and Julia. Frank slash Larry and Julia. And um, while... Kirstie is alone in the room. The Cenobites come back in. They reappear and they see the corpse on the floor and they say, we want the man who did this. And she still thinks that that's her father. And so she says, no, that's not part of the deal. That's not what we agreed on. And she runs downstairs and she goes to Larry slash Frank and is like, we got to get out of here. We got to go. And he says... Why, baby? We can all be happy here. No, and she, no you can't. she gets a weird vibe <laughs> and kind of gives him a, a suspicious look. 
And then he says, come to daddy. No. And she goes, <gasps> and realizes. And just then, Julia grabs her and restrains her. Larry slash Frank whips out a knife to go to stab Kirsty. Oh, my God. But at the last moment, Kirsty whips around and puts Julia in front so that Frank stabs <gasps> Julia. And she Fuck literally yeah. yells, no, not me. Which <laughs> 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 really made me laugh. Um, and oh, she's screaming boy. and he says, sorry, baby, it's nothing personal. And starts draining her of all of her blood. Oh, what a dick. God, he sucks. <laughs> he doesn't care. I've said it once. I've said it again. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. Frank sucks. And so then uh, Kirsty is, you know, while this is happening, runs upstairs to hide and hides in a different room, kind of still has um, like sheets and stuff over the furniture like the others, the Nicole Kidman movie, you know that. You know, that that vibe of a room. That vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as she's hiding, the corpse falls on her and a thousand maggots fall out of her, its mouth onto Kirsty. So that's where Julia was hiding the other corpses of the victims. But it's like, surely they would smell after a few days. You don't just store corpses in your house. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, the maggots are probably way happy to have that instead of a sleeping bag. Clearly, well, the, clearly the house smells bad regardless. That's true. So that's true. There's rats and maggots. They don't care. They're living with whatever smell is in that house. <laughs> oh, I just can't live with a single smell. The second there's a, me either. The second there's a I don't smell, understand. I can't sleep. <laughs> I agree. Um, but she successfully doesn't cry out or anything he doesn't hear after he leaves the room she like stands up and walks out and like starts crying on the overlook on the top of the stairs and it's like well he's still in the house (laughs) and she kind of drops her guard and he sneaks up behind her because obviously he's still there and he pulls out a knife and kind of corners her back in his favorite room but then the cenobites appear as they appear, he turns to her and says, you set me up like he's shocked <laughs> that she would do that. Like, well, yeah, you idiot. Why? <laughs> she has no allegiance to you, my friend. He seems so shocked and he raises his knife to go and stab her. And as he's bringing down the blade, one of those hooks on a chain from earlier <laughs> goes into his hand, pulls his hand back. Hooks start coming for they're like fish hooks going into all ew, of his ew, skin ew. from all different angles. And he he gets kind of pulled pulled up, hooks in his face, hooks in his arms, hooks in his, all over his body. And Kirsty's seeing all this happen, screaming, crying, and as he's looking his worst, like the skin on his face is like stretched off of his face it looks so gross Uh, um he makes eye contact with her and slowly licks his lips like and said and then says jesus wept which i don't get it (laughs) does he die is he dead or like what's happening he does die yeah so he's just really enjoying dying yes. he's having a good time yes. pleasure and pain baby pleasure and pain yeah sadomasochism at its peak mm-hmm. from beyond the grave 
sadomasochist from beyond the grave that's what we have number nine um and there have been nine of these movies (laughs) let's just stop to reflect on that for a second um so christy runs out of the room she sees julia also now with hooks and chains in her and the box the cube in her hands and she like pries it out of her cold dead fingers and starts like trying to use it like a rubik's cube which is like bitch how do you know what this how do you know the rules of this box there's no rules on this i don't know i think maybe this gets explained more in the further movies in the later movies there's nine of them i would would hope (laughs) that they would maybe give us some clarity but she starts doing it like it's like she's got to figure out this rubik's cube and she starts to run out of the house and as she's running female Cenobite <laughs> comes up the stairs blocking her way dragging her little hook on the wall blood is coming out of the wall and she says leaving so soon so they also want Kirsty. they would I kind of like I mean that. of course <laughs> like I like yeah. that they weren't just they're not satisfied yeah I like that they weren't just like okay cool we'll take Frank you're all good I like that they're like no thanks so much Pleasure doing business with you and goodbye. But so she kind of fiddles the Rubik's Cube as if it's a weapon at female Cenobite. And then the sparks of light go at female Cenobite and basically disintegrate her somehow. The rules of this cube are incredibly unclear. (laughs) Um, Interesting. Each of the Cenobites is kind of coming at at her one by one. Pinhead is next. She... Boop, boop, boop with the cube evaporates him too. Um, then we see her boyfriend, by the way, has been trying to find her. He had been at the hospital, like, where'd she go? And they were like, I don't know, we locked her in here. It's weird that she's out. And it's like, it's pretty <laughs> weird that you locked her in there too. Um, and so he shows up at the house. The house is, I think, on fire, falling apart. It's <laughs> everything is is crazy this is a real third act climax <laughs> like you sure sure like you've ever seen uh oh no chatterbox is next uh, <gasps> coming at her and boop, 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 boop. he's evaporated too <laughs> amazing oh, wow. amazing God. pretty handy she's really good at tech. she's so good at the box um and then boyfriend pops up uh kirsty there you are and behind him is Butterball, raises oh, a knife. No. Uh, he turns around and the house like collapses on top of Butterball. He gets a look at Butterball and he's not super phased by it. As someone who has not seen anything so far, he's kind of just like, oh, Christy, I'm so glad you're safe. Come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> they start running out. Then the box kind of starts acting of its own accord and she looks at it and says, Oh, no. Oh, please, no. As if she knows what that means. How do we know what this box means? I think it must be explained in future movies. I think she must have some sort of, I don't know, psychic connection to this box or something. Because there's no way you would know that this means anything. Um, But so they're opening the front door. She's like, wait, don't open it. And they open it and the nasty inside out, upside down alien guy (laughs) is there. Oh, my God. I forgot about him. (laughs) He busts in. And one thing that I I really loved this, the boyfriend sees an empty milk glass milk jar on the ground 
and smashes it on, on the alien's head as if that will do something. The alien is very big. It's at least seven feet tall. And uh. they get into a very funny, like, basically fist fight with this alien. <laughs> oh, it's really silly. And eventually, um, boyfriend's fighting it off long enough for her to beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> evaporates right. that one too oh thank god so thank that god. when she was really worried about that threat but turns out no big deal <laughs> it's just the same amount of threat as all the other ones and it's neutralized mm-hmm. by just doing some more rubik's cube a, a girl with the thing we've all been there and then uh in a very funny transition you can see they did not have the budget to make this house actually look like it was burning down so it does a little cross fade to an empty plot of land with like basically a camp a campfire <laughs> looking thing on it and one chair on fire the chair from the, the from the attic room ah <laughs> uh, yes you know how a house burns <laughs> just right down to nothing right down to nothing except just for- right down to one one old chair <laughs> one chair the chair always is last and That's how it goes. and she throws the cube into the exactly perfect little fire pit that has remained of the house tosses it in and as they're watching it burn that homeless guy appears and walks up and stands in the fire picks up the cube looks at her he's completely on fire and then his skin melts away and he turns into a bone dragon like a satany, he has horns and wings, um, and flies away with the box. So he's the is he the alien they were fighting? No, I, guess? I don't think so. Because no, he got evaporated. He got evaporated. He's just I think this is a separate thing. Flying bone dragon Satan box owner. Oh, man. separate, separate, separate you know. entity. Okay, sure. Um, and then right. we cut back to the very opening scene of the box being set down on a table. And the a man saying, what'll it be, Mr. Cotton? And he says, I'll take the box. And he says, it's yours. It's always been yours. And that's the end. What? <laughs> what? A lot of questions. I have them, too. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like there is, I, 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 you know, I want to dive into this more because I haven't really thought it through, but there's really a thing with horror movies where they like don't need a, they don't care about story at all. Like it's, there's, there's no character backstory. There's no like character development. There's no, there's no history. There's no, there's really no, in a way, there's almost like no stakes except for these like crazy artificial stakes that they've set up. Do you know what I mean? It's such weird storytelling. Well, I think especially especially in these older horror movies, 80s horror movies are so different from current horror yeah. movies. But uh, to your point, one thing I think is very interesting about this movie is it straight up like changes protagonists halfway. For the whole first half of the movie, we're following Julia and she's not likable, but that's who we are spending our time with and we are on her journey. And then pretty much at the halfway point, it becomes Kirstie's journey. And it's just not often that your protagonist changes in the movie. And that kind of speaks to that, like, lack of, like, nothing matters. (laughs) Yeah, like, the whole point of this movie, or it feels like everything about this movie is, like, 
Wouldn't it be crazy mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. really horrifying if all this weird shit happened? Yeah. Let's put it all in. A, it's just like, look at this crazy weird shit for an hour and a half, which is like not a movie. It's fun, though. I feel like it's definitely a very different kind of horror I mean, people movie. love it. And I don't know why. It, it came out after it came out. It's probably it, it came out after Evil Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably it, I think had more of a story. Yeah, but I think Evil Dead kind of started this whole thing where it's just like kind just of just like over the gross. top grossness for the sake of being gross. It's like well re- re- reviewed. Like I it's was wondering, well received movie, and I don't. I know I didn't see it, but like, what the fuck? Well, there is this thing where when you bring in like a demon or an alien. You have to do it in the right way because if you don't, I guess they're supposed to be representing like sadomasochism in humans, but it feels like they're just there to be gross and that's it. And it's like there needs to be something else. I think maybe, though, at this time, there didn't need to be something else. Right. Well, ex- well, r- right now, exactly. No, you're right. Like at the time when these movies are made in the 80s and 90s, it was just like, Whoa. it's enough. And now it's like, OK, we've seen it. What else? Yeah. What else? It is interesting how you yeah, you need to elevate these stories now. It's not enough. It'll um, be interesting to see what horror movies are like in 20 years, 30 years. I'm like scared to know what is music going to be like and will we exist? Are- I don't know, you guys. Everyone, if everyone votes, we will. But <laughs> that's how you bring it back around, man. Das vote, das vote, everyone, das vote. If everyone does votes, no, honestly though, if everyone did vote, the world would be a new whole new. If everyone place. did more than um, just vote, you can't just vote and then check out. I have a problem with that mindset. But well, realistically, let's you know talk about what can actually happen. If everyone just fucking voted, that would make a big enough difference. That's a huge step in that direction. No one votes. No one votes. People don't vote. I know it is sad because people take our democracy for granted. Everyone needs to stop doing that. Hope they don't anymore. Things are bad. Um, but I'll show you everybody pictures of a kitten. So, um, just sorry, you got that to look forward to. <laughs> Um, what a weird movie. Sa- Sammy, this movie was crazy. It'd be a really fun one to see in a big group of people. I don't recommend watching it alone. I mean, I guess it's fine. I'll never watch this. I'll never no, watch I have, no, I have I no reason. I never want to. I don't even want to look up a picture. I'm done. Oh, God. I don't. I didn't hate this as much as I hated Event Horizon. I, I didn't. I don't like this, but it didn't. Um make me not want to be alive. Event Horizon was a little more like deep. It had more of a story that was upsetting. Yeah. Yes. And also space is scary. Space generally. is so scary. Is... It's more it's scarier than hell. <laughs> and Event Horizon was both. True. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a bad combination. Uh did we learn anything? Oh, I think always be stressed, never be horny applies here. It really does. It definitely does. Yeah. Honestly, it applies literally it's all the great, time. It's a great, great yeah. words to live by. Um, I don't know what to say about accents because they're all over the place. Dubbed British, American, 
Yeah, maybe we learned that you should figure out where your movie takes place before you film it. <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good thing. On a practical note, make those choices beforehand. Certainly before um, <laughs> casting, and then casting a, a voiceover actor to dub the whole. Seems thing. like a lot of extra mm-hmm. work. So here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna say goodbye, but just Sammy, when you edit this, make dub my voice with your voice (laughs) (laughs) Henley's voice with my voice and listeners just trust that we did it okay just trust that Sammy did it and we're all dubbed everyone a different person you'll be able to tell so just just know that that that's what we did okay um and goodbye goodbye Hi, everybody. Sammy here. Thank you for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you liked hearing about Hellraiser, and who wouldn't? What a delightful film. Um, Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And it would mean a lot to us if you could rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to watch next week's movie, it will be a nightmare on Elm Street, which I believe is streaming on my nemesis channel, HBO Max. So good for them <laughs> and good for anybody who has that. Uh, love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.